Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. Thank you for your spirit that's in this place, and God, that you're doing a good work in each of our lives, Uh, even if we don't even know it, God, that you've been on the move, that you've been excited about tonight. And uh, so, God, we just join your heart in excitement. We enjoy you, Lord, and we enjoy your presence. So, Lord, we're asking for a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, maybe in a way that we don't expect or we can't predict or we can't conjure up in our own effort, but you're going to do the work. And all I'm asking for, God, is just a freedom in this place uh, that, the Lord, you would have your way and do whatever you want to do. And, God, we're just going to chill out, relax, and enjoy your move, and, God, respond. And if your heart's there with me, would you just say amen? Amen. All right. Hey, why don't you just uh, give a high five and a hug to the person next to you, okay? And if you don't like that person, just punch him in the face or something. Get him awake, okay? Awesome. Awesome. Smiling. We're giggling. We're having fun. That's what church is supposed to be like. If you're bored, uh, then you need to talk again to somebody else and get you more excited because I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Okay, be quiet. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, so excited. Honestly, I was just praying. I was like, I was literally giddy. I was just like, Lord, you know I'm excited to be here, but I need to chill out because I'm supposed to go speak here in a second. Because I just, I legitimately love being here. Uh, My favorite little in the whole world came up and gave me a big hug. It's my mom away from uh, my mom. I feel like the Lord in all seasons of my life has given me like 20 mothers, including my wife, who just, I'm like, I have to tell her all the time, like, honey, I love you, but I married you to be my wife, not my mother. But the Lord knew I needed uh, uh, plenty of moms. Karen, thank you so much for uh, putting up with your husband for all these years. I'm glad to come back. Yeah, I'm glad to come back and you guys are still married and everything. No, I wasn't concerned. It's just... uh, you know, Pastor Ken can be a lot of work. So, uh, no, I told him, I was like, I, I've, I've, I've been a youth pastor a couple times. I'm not doing that anymore, so you can see how successful I was at it. But uh, I worked for a couple pastors, and I promise you this, not one of them was as cool as Pastor Kent. Okay, that's, yeah, can we give it up for this guy? <laughs> now, granted, granted, I didn't have to be around him very often, so I, I just get to blow in and blow out, so... If it was a week or two weeks, I'd be like, gosh, this guy's the worst, I'm sure, you know? No, I'm kidding. I, I'm, of course, we're, all, we're having fun. Are you guys having fun tonight? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, as this, I'm going to say like 20 things that have nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about, so I hope you're cool with that. Uh, I'd always tell my, because my, what I'd hear parents say, because uh, I did kids ministry, I did youth ministry, and I would tell, like all of them, you get, what, what do you think the first question is from a parent to a child when coming out of kids or youth service? What's the question? Let me ask the students. So what do you think, what do, what do mom and dad usually ask you uh, when you come back? What? What'd you learn? Okay, that's, not, that's usually number one. But what's number two? Did you have fun? Exactly. And as a youth pastor, I'm just going to tell you, that was my least favorite question in the, in the world. Because, you know, there's sometimes I'm like, like, this isn't supposed to be fun. Like, we're not always having fun, but there was just this demand, and all the students were like, yeah, that should be all we're doing is having fun. And parents are like, uh, Pastor Logan, my child's not having much fun in church. I'm just like, what? But, there's, but So there's a time and a place to have fun, so I want to have some fun tonight, 
But I also believe that uh, the most important things in life are usually necessary. They're not always fun. So tonight, God's going to do some things that are absolutely necessary. Uh, the rest of the time, we should just be having fun because I believe the Lord is an absolute blast. If you don't have fun in church, uh, you're probably at the wrong church or you're doing it wrong. Okay, so you don't just don't just blame the church. Uh, maybe it's you. Okay, so we should be able to have fun. Uh, but at the same time, uh, interact with the Lord because the Lord is uh, he's awesome, isn't he? I want to tell you just a little bit about, that was just free. That has, if you're like, what was he talking about? We're moving on, so catch up. Um, the Lord, for me, if you're wondering, so I've, uh, I'm 29 years old. Yes, Pastor Kent's like, aren't you like 20? I'm like, dude, no. Like, I'm done. I'm past college and stuff. So if in your mind you think I'm 20, I'm 29 now. Uh, I was in Columbia, Missouri right after college. I went to Central Bible College. Woo, woo, Amy. Yeah, okay. It is no longer, so that's why the, it's really low-key. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I actually, I came in, and I was done, and they're just like, why do we do this anymore? Like, Logan came through. We're good. Let's just close the school down so they just shut it down. It's a true story. Um, no, so after college, I went to Columbia, Missouri. I was there uh, for two years. I was youth pastoring. Um, that was... That's where me and my wife, that's not where I met her, actually, we grew up together. Uh, we actually did a lay witness. I believe she came up here during that lay witness here. Uh, we weren't married at the time. And then after college, we got married. And uh, the Lord called us to Utah, of all places. Anybody ever been to Utah? Yeah? Okay. There's a few of you. It, it lovely, like, genuinely one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. Like, if you can visit, visit. It is gorgeous. We, my wife and I would always say we're like, I can't believe we love Missouri so much. Like, there's nothing about Missouri that is awesome, but we love it. But at the same time, we're like, like, Missouri was always in our hearts, but we were always, like, just thankful to the Lord to be there. If you've, like, you're just surrounded by mountains, you're in this valley in Salt Lake City is kind of where we were. And, um, and that's where I found my other wife. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, just, I like to throw that out there just to make people feel, feel, liven up. Come on, guys. We're having fun. Come on. No. Everyone's like, Pastor Ken's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's just funny to say. Um, so we went out there for a couple, a few years. All right, stop laughing. That was funny. Uh, we did that, and we were youth pastor in there, and just, uh, we were in this bowl, and I won't lie to you, like, God called us to the desert, my wife and I. It felt like a desert season. Though it was beautiful, and God gave so many things to kind of help us, like, he shaped my marriage there. Uh, we, we like, I won't go into detail. It's not a part of tonight's message, but it was like genuinely one of the hardest times. My wife was, God bless her, like she stuck it out with me, but she was like, I don't want to be here. Okay, so just, if you can imagine, Mary, if you're married and your wife's like, you know, God's like burning in my heart that I want to reach the people here. And my wife's going, I don't want to be here. You can imagine where there might be like a little bit of like, God, what are you doing? Did you just call us? You know, I just felt like the Lord called me there just to torture me, honestly. Like, I, that was kind of my thought. Is like, okay, God just wants to make me miserable. So he brought me here, and I'm like, woman, have faith. And little did I know, like, he, one of the biggest goals, this is hard for a pastor to admit, we think we're there to reach a whole city when God's like, do you love your wife? And I'm like, don't worry about her, God. She's good. Like, she's saved. She's going to heaven. He's like, that's not the point. So he built my marriage there, and uh, now we're in love. We have, we weren't in love before, so now we are. <laughs> I know, Pastor. 
You might need to leave if it's just too bad, okay? Um, we had our first child there, Jude. I, if you guys saw the Facebook picture, my little guy's right there in the middle. He is, I, I just got a text. I saw my wife. She texted me. And I thought, oh, she's probably going to be like, I'm praying for you. And she goes, when you left, because right before I left, I just, I got to be with my son for 10 minutes after work. She goes, when you left, he cried and cried and said, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I was like, that is so discouraging. <laughs> like, like, all right, great. So I'm going to go up and speak. And, and my son's heart's broken because I came to talk to you guys tonight. So thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's exciting, honestly. So the Lord, all right, this is the last part and then I'll give him the message. I promise we'll talk about scriptures and stuff. All right, Pastor. Um, so what the Lord did for me, uh, I should say to me, um, he called me out of ministry uh, just this last year. So uh, he just burned inside my wife and I's heart that we needed to be back here. He actually, he's done this to me multiple times. Like, I feel like the Lord kind of lures me with something. And like, there was this something in our heart for business. I still believe it's going to happen for me and my wife. I don't know what that's going to look like. Don't even ask me questions afterwards because I don't know. Like, I wish I knew more. You ever, God tell you something, you wish you knew more about that than you do. So it's like, don't ask me. God knows, we'll see. But that's how he got us to move. And then I knew when I got here, he, I, like, this may be challenging for some people to receive, but I really believe the Lord said, like, not only are you not supposed to do ministry, I, I removed my credentials from the Assemblies of God. I was a credentialed minister with them. Like, nothing bad happened, okay? It's not like I had to. I just need, I feel like I always have to clarify, like, oh, what did he do? He must have done something bad. Like, no, nothing bad happened. It's cool. Like, everything's good. It's just that the Lord, um, he's taking me, I'm still in the middle of this season where, there's so many things that God began to show me that were propping up my relationship, even my identity, um, that, that, that weren't supposed to be there. And like, I didn't know that. It's actually been in the midst of those things going that I've realized like, God, I thought I was all together and I thought I had my life going. And then the Lord like takes these things away from me. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, God, I'm a mess. I'm a mess, I'm a mess. Help me, help me. And she's like, I'm sinking. And the Lord's like now, restoring, because I just got really burnt out in ministry. Like I said, those things were going on with my, my, my wife and I. I was just like, ah. So the Lord just, and then now, like, I'm in this brand new season. I help people right now, and I'm totally, this is uh, no shame in my game. I'm going to throw this out there. I help people who are on Medicare, so if you're on Medicare. So I was working with kids and students. Now I went on the other side of things. I'm over here with Medicare. So I'm helping those 65 and older. Okay, with their supplement plans. So um, that's what I do. And I, I help people day in and day out. And um, I, I call people, I pester them, and uh, they buy supplement insurance. If, you have, if there is anybody on Medicare, I would be glad to have a long conversation with you. If you're about to be 65, you better talk to me because we got a lot to talk about. Okay, but let's not do that here. That's really boring. Uh, we'll move on. Anything else I need to say, Pastor Kent? Okay, great. I, uh, like I said, I'm so glad to be here. I remember I look at this uh, altar and I'll never forget. I was so pumped up. I was preaching and I got on top of this altar and I started shouting something. Out, and the thought went through me like, I don't think you should be standing on the altar, you know, yelling things. So I won't do that tonight. But man, when I did it then, it was, it was really good. So if things get really good and I'm on that altar, we know we're doing something right tonight. Okay, amen. amen. All right, talk back to me. How, come on, you guys, you guys are quiet. Just this, this isn't a show. We're, we're together. We're family here. Uh, if you guys have, did we make that slide? If we can put that up, the, the shaking and the making, did we do that? All right, yeah, throw that one up if you wouldn't mind. So I've got this awesome uh, 
Look at that. Cool. That's the title of my message. It's fun and creative. Uh, There's a shaking in the making, and I'm really prayerful. Uh, So when I started this message, when I started preparing for it, the Lord just started saying things about thunder to me, and I was like, that's really weird, thunder, okay. And then, like, tonight, there's supposed to be thunderstorms. So I'm really hoping, like, in the middle of my message, there's going to be this loud bolt of thunder that shakes everything, and it will be the coolest thing. So I've been praying and asking the Lord for that. We'll see what happens. But uh, I want to talk to you tonight about a message. Are you guys having fun tonight? you guys okay? All right. Okay. All right. Some people are like, "Mm mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) So tonight, I want to talk to you about uh, there's a shaking in the making. Now, that sounds cool, but you're like, okay, what's that all about? I really believe that we're in a day, we're in an hour, that God is doing a lot of shaking. I've just described to you some of the shakings uh, that God is doing in my own life uh, that, that have totally unraveled me and made me go like, God, I have nothing like propping. I love saying it that way. That's probably the, the thing that God's saying the most to me is there's nothing propping me up. Like I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to like even church. I, I won't lie to you. Like for the last like year, I've really struggled with church. Now, when you struggle with church, I, that is the body of Christ. That is God's bride. You never abandon his bride because that's his church. You better love the church. But even if you're like any relationship, if you're having struggle, don't disconnect, stay connected, but work through that thing. And so like the church and just like what church is about. And I'm just like, God, I don't even know. Like, is this what I'm, is this you? Is this what we're doing? Is this like your heart is what I see like this Sunday thing. And I saw it with my students. You know, I was a youth pastor and I just saw like, like the, the status quo and what that did to people. And so I was just like, I was rocked. And at the same time, God wasn't offering immediate solutions. And I'm just going, God, there's so many things. And I just got to this point. I said, God, I want nothing else propping my love for you up. I don't want, uh, I don't want to need church services. I don't want to need, um, you know, this guy or this person. And God gives us so many things because he loves us. Like he's a good dad who holds the, the seat while you're, you're going. It's not like he's like, good luck. <laughs> you, know, ah, you know, no, he's going to hold the seat. He's going to take care of you. But at some point you take the training wheels off, you take, and that's called maturity. That's called growth. And I guess there's just been this huge cry in my heart that like even things like, like I said, church services or certain ways I related to people. I was just growing like, I can't do this. And so I think part of the things that he's called me out of is going, I'm going to do something in your life. He's really used uh, Moses that Moses had so many things propping up this, this passion in his heart for what he wanted to accomplish. Like he wanted to see the people of God delivered and he had his own way of going about that, right? Like to the point, I'll kill somebody. And he did, like, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And he straight up killed a guy. And that obviously wasn't a good route to go, but God removes him from the situation saying, what's in your heart, I put there, but you obviously don't know what to do with that. So let me remove you and take care of you, and father you, and he gives him Jethro, a spiritual father, and I do believe in the church, God's going to do a brand new work of fatherhood in the church, that there's going to be spiritual fathers, and spiritual sons and daughters, and and the, the Bible says, Jesus said, that sons and daughters are going to cry out for that from fathers, and fathers are going to want that, and it's, it's just going to be wonderful, and like God's doing a bunch of crazy stuff inside of me to prepare me as a man, as a father, as a husband first, and I'm praying that 
if, if you're like, dude, where you're at in life and where I'm at in life are totally different, that's totally cool. I'm just asking you to look tonight into your own life and go, how is God shaking my life? And maybe the best or better question is, am I letting his shaking do what it's supposed to do in my life? Because if you're not, you're probably miserable. Or you think God, like I thought, like, God, you must hate me. Like, you must genuinely want to see me unhappy and frustrated. And once it, the light bulb went off, like, no, that's not what God wants. Like, he doesn't want to see me miserable. He loves me. Like, I can't just say, I can't get up here as a, you know, I love tonight that I am not a pastor, okay, right now. And I, so I, I work a regular job. I do all these things. I always felt like my students were like, Writing me off, like, you're the pastor, of course you're going to say it. It's like, no, I just, I don't even have, I have nothing to my name. I have no title. I am just a son of God, like you're a son and daughter of God here tonight. I've got nothing to, 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 to make me want to be, I'm, I'm away from my child because I just love this, this man, Christ Jesus, who loves me and he reflected love so well. He revealed the Father so well. That like, I just am so attracted to him and what he wants to do in my life. I'm literally now addicted to him. I'm straight up an addict. Like, I'm an addict to, to the Lord. And I, and, I, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So if you're struggling with anything else, if you're struggling with like an addiction and any other thing but the Lord, I believe the Lord wants to replace that addiction with a love for him, a passion for him. That's just... It makes you like, I just, oh, I want so much of him in this moment right now. If you're writing me off right now, you're like, this guy's crazy. It's okay. I think I'm crazy too sometimes, but I know the Lord loves me in all of my mess. And I know he loves you in all of your mess. And I will be even more undignified than this if it would be for one soul here tonight that would say, God loves me. I need to get in tune with him. He's obviously doing something in my life. I must be missing something. Because there is, God, God is doing something. I believe that there is a shaking in the making in our lives. That God is wanting to do something. He's wanting to shake. He promises he will shake everything. And now he's just, like, he loves us enough that you have to be ready for it. But ready or not, it's going to happen so not if, but when God shakes your life, are you ready? Are you ready tonight for God to shake and to shape who you are and who he sees you as? Will you receive the word and respond to it? It's up to you. Like he's, he's, the, he's the good farmer who throws out seed. He says he throws out, I'm like, God, if you're a good farmer, why are you throwing that on thorny, thorny soil? He's like, I am so abundantly rich in seed and I will harvest this. Like, the reality is, why does he pour out seed in your life? You know your heart might be hard here tonight. Why would he spend the time? Why would he make sure you're here at this service to pour out? He must love us so much that he would throw good, so good seed. The Bible says it's good seed on even the hardest and thorniest of soil. Tell me that that's not a God that does not love us. He loves us so much. If he loves you, say amen. I'm going to read the scripture. Look, I, I brought this little Bible. Huge mistake. All right. If, if you guys want to see me doing this, then I, I'm going to read from my paper. So the Bible, 
the Bible, okay? You guys make the connection? I didn't write the Bible. It's over there. All right. We're going to read the Bible. We don't read the Bible enough in church. I, I listen to a lot of sermons. I realize, like, man, there's a lot of guys talking. And, like, some, it's funny. Like, sometimes they'll get to a scripture, and I'll hear the audience be like, ooh. And I'm like, it's the Bible. Like, you can read that at all times. I don't know if it's more exciting when we do it together. Like, there's obviously something the Lord does. when he, But I'm going to read a lot of scripture. If you get bored... Just remind yourself, you're a big boy, you're a big girl, we can stay in tune, okay? So stay in tune with me here. I'm going to read a lot, but I don't care. We're going to go for it. You guys ready? Wow. Are we ready? Okay, very good. Okay, it's going to be up there. If it doesn't match, don't worry. Just make your brain, make it match. All right, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of burning fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet trumpet blast and a voice so... This is like, please do imagery in your mind of this. This is just... Crazy. Okay. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Some people are like, why doesn't God speak in my life? Because if he did, you'd be like, stop, this is horrible. Okay. It's true. They staggered back under God's command and said, if even an animal touches this mountain, we're going to stone that animal to death. Like that's extreme. If an animal touches that mountain, kill it. You hear me? Just, just throw stones and kill that thing. Like these people were scared. They're just wanting to kill animals. It's crazy. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and I am trembling. The man of God that God chose is now saying, I'm now terrified and I'm trembling. If you don't think that God wants to shake even the pastor, and it doesn't matter who you are, he's going to shake every single life at whenever he wants, wherever he wants, okay? He says, now, no, he doesn't say now. He says, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. He's giving, there's two mountains. There's Mount Sinai. He just talked about when God shook back then. He says, but let me tell you about the mountain that you've come to, and you can insert yourself here now. Now you, let me ask you if this sounds like the Christian life that you live. Now you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. He's like, you've come next to God, and he judges over everything, and yet you're near to him. This is who you are. You have come to the spirits of of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. You're near to this one. Right now in heaven, he's not a spirit. There's a man in heaven. His name's Christ Jesus, and you're near to him, and he's mediating on your behalf. Between his father and the people. He's right in the middle. He's advocating. He's representing you to the father. Saying, he's calling out your name back to God. He's saying, you're near to him. 
and the sprinkled blood, this blood of his, it is speaking forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. His blood shares a message that says, let them be forgiven. It's like, this is who you are. This is the mountain that you, this is the shaking that is happening in the earth because God came, because Jesus came in the flesh. So he says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Everyone say heaven. Are you getting right now that he's saying there's an earthly messenger I use with Moses, but now I brought the kingdom of heaven down to earth and I've let it wreak havoc in the hearts and lives of people so that I could fulfill my purpose. He says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, he spoke and he shook the earth. But now he speaks another promise. He says, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but I'm going to shake the heavens also. I want you to hear me tonight. I am so serious here. I'm not playing. God is so dead serious about what he's saying and he's doing that he's like, I'm shaking the atmosphere around me. Like, you know, when you do something as a parent, it's like, how do I make sure and teach them something, but like there's no consequence to myself? You know, as a parent, you're like, how do I discipline, but I don't want to suffer with them. I don't want to have to go. He's like, I have literally removed my own son from heaven. I've done something that has cost me, has inflicted upon my heart. It's not like I figured out a way how to bring salvation to the earth and like find a janitor or something. No, I didn't look and go, is, can I send an angel? He looked to his son and he sent his son. He's saying, if I'm going to send my son, you better believe everything's about to get shook. Everybody say, everything is getting shook. I don't know if that's good English, but who cares? And then he gives this prophetic word. But now he makes another promise. He says, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means, so he explains, this is a prophetic word. You believe in prophecy? Good. If you don't, doesn't matter. It's in the Bible. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. He's going to shake creation and remove it. All right? Got to get that before we move forward. So that, it's not that God's mad. It's not that he just wants to shake. He's mad. You know, I shake things when I'm mad. I'm frustrated. No, he's shaking so that only unshakable things remain. He has a purpose in the shaking. Everybody say there's a purpose in the shaking. Okay, you said it, but I, want, I really want in your heart to believe that. He is shaking your life so that he is shaping your life. There's a shaking in the making. And he's making something happen in the world. He is shaking every foundation. I don't know if you feel as, but I'm uncomfortable in the day we live in. Is anybody like kind of like, why is this 
it's just weird in this world. Like, you know, people are trying to redefine this and that. They're trying to uh, insert themselves into power. And, and obviously the political system is just an absolute mess. And, and you go to school and it's, a, it's an absolute mess. And the things you put up with on your phones and, and have to, I was, I was trying to watch a game with, with uh, one of my, my, one of my uh, spiritual sons. And I'm, I'm looking, he's on his phone. He's just wanting to play a game. This girl, her, you know, her, her, her bosom's out. And she's like, and he's just playing a game. He didn't want to see that. It was just an advertisement. I'm going, oh, no. And he, of course, he's like, oh, Pastor Logan. And he's like, it's just awkward. I'm like, oh, you know. And it's just like, but that's the day. Like, we live in like, like he, it's just an advertisement for a game. And this sexual immorality just over, just everything. Like, I'm going, my son is supposed to be raised in this world. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. I'm like, dude, we're all just going to stay in the house. We're not going anywhere. You're not talking to it. No, you'll never have a phone. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can be a teenager. You'd be like, my kids ain't having no phone. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's just, we live in a crazy world. You go to like, I, I, I work now in a secular environment. If you are out there, like I was, I was just sheltered as a pastor and like, I'll listen to them. I'm like, are you saying that? I cannot re- like, we would have to have just an altar call immediately if I told you some of the things I've heard in like the past week, okay? Like this guy, he had some stand-up comedy sketch. I, oh, tell me something funny. He said the most, like my heart just went, it's like, like, okay, let's just stop. Let's just stop, you know? Just, just don't say anything else because that was disgusting. Just forget I asked. Like this is, I'm like, I'm so shaken. I'm like, I'm a Christian. What do I say? Like, what do I say to you? I got nothing. You're a mess. That's all I want to say. It's like, what is wrong with you? And they're looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I, I walked in the other day. I, I said something about, like, your mom or something, you know, something stupid. I'm just, I say dumb stuff. I said something like, your mom. And the guy was like, dude, I bet it's the dirtiest thing you've ever said. And I was like, I guess. Like, I don't know. But, like, like they think I'm weird, right? Like, I just don't say just terrible, weird things. But, like, I'm just like, Lord, like, I, I, I won't lie to you. Like, I am so humbled. Students, in school, like, I am just, teach me how you do it. Like, you're in this environment. If you go to the secular workplace and there's people just, who knows, who, you know, people want to be with that person. And, and I'm like my buddy, I, I, I said, what did you do before this? He goes, oh, I sold weed for five years. Oh, Okay. Okay, I was a pastor. I was a pastor. You know, like, (laughs) immediately he's like, I bet we have nothing in common. (laughs) And we're like best friends right now, honestly. (laughs) Go go wonder, he wants to go back to Colorado. (laughs) I was like, all right, man, I totally understand. But it's just like, like this world is nuts. And God's, and God is looking not to the world. He's looking to his church. And he's saying, I'm going to purify. I'm going to shake everything. I'm going to get this thing to where you have nothing else to stand on. That you have nothing else to cling to but me. And I'm just going, we're not ready. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Like, if you shake this thing, it's going to collapse. Like, we're fragile people. Because I'm just like, God, I feel like... You know, I'm just, I have pride, okay? We all got pride. I'm just like, God, if there's anybody who you can shake, shake me. And now he's doing it. I'm like, don't shake anymore. I can't handle it. And if we're honest, we're all begging God, please don't shake anything. Don't mess with my life. 
please just, you know, like, when I was a teenager, I remember, like, my, my wife, I'm now married to, obviously. I'd be like, God, don't mess up this relationship. Don't mess it up. And, like, he wasn't trying to screw up my life. I realize that now. But, like, yeah, he screwed it up. Like, we broke up. Like, he tore the thing apart. Uh, not because he hated us, but actually for our own protection. Like, if we would have got married right out of high school, it would have been bad news. Like, I did not treat her with respect. I could, the laundry list is crazy. We weren't ready. God loved us. He loved us so much. I'm going to keep this simple, okay? There's a lot to say, but I want to say this. God has a goal. He has an aim, and you need to know his aim. He will shake the earth, and he will remove everything that he calls, not you call, but he calls shakable. Like, oh, things that right now me and you might think, well, that God, you can't touch that. Like, honestly, right now, people think, you can't touch America. Like, my brother-in-law is like, who cares if Korea does this or that? Like, we'll do whatever we want. I'm like, oh, no, he thinks that we're unshakable. Do you realize how many, like, that's a big thing, but you realize how many things you probably look at in your own life and think, God can't really do anything there. Oh, no. Like, that's the worst thought you could have. Like, everything for God, that's actually proof of why God's going, I'm going to have to get that. And there's the things we know in our own hearts. If we're able to be honest with yourself, one of the greatest tricks, in, or tricks, but things you can do in life is know how to be honest with your own self. If you can learn how to do that, like the greatest challenge in my own life is just to be honest with me. Like not lie to everybody else, but just how do I be honest with Logan Miller and just look at myself in the mirror and be like, dude, own up to that. Like you're a mess there. You know, like, you know, when you're looking at yourself and I, brothers, men, I love you, but I'll be the first one to just be like, hey, men, like if we lead the charge and being vulnerable and open and honest, first do it with God, do it with your spouse, do it with your kids. You, he said, right, like in, his, in your weakness, he's made strong. Isn't that true? Then you've got to learn how to be weak. You have to learn how to actually, it's not even being weak, it's just being the honest, real you. And when men go around, we don't know how to lead our homes. We don't know how to lead our families. And I'm not coming down on you, brother. Hear my heart that I'm like, I'm trying to figure this thing out. But if I had spiritual fathers who could show me the way of that and just be like, dude, I'm a mess too. But like, here's how Christ really is my anchor. Here's how Christ really is my rock. And you just, just tell your, like when my dad told me just a couple of his struggles, I was like, oh, my dad's a human. Oh, thank God. I thought he was not a human. You know, I was just like, I'm never going to measure up to my dad. And sometimes we're trying to project this image of ourselves that will never be. And our, our kids are just falling by the wayside because they don't know how to relate to their dad. Be a relatable father. It's so big. Gosh, that's not in my notes. This is supposed to be like a chain that keeps me close. It doesn't work. Here's the deal. God has a goal. He has an aim, and it's to shake everything that he deems shakable. And he wants to remain what is only a love that is so real. Listen, ladies, please listen. He wants to do something in your life that he's only the thing that remains is a love for you and for him. And a kingdom that stands strong. It's what he, he thought of when he created us. It's, some, it's what he's moving towards. And he is zealous and he is excited about bringing it to what is inside of his heart. But we need to know what this looks like. Anybody get scared by thunder? 
be, like, we just talked about being honest. Does anybody get scared by thunder? Let's, like, I'm not just talking about like you hear it 10 miles away. I'm talking about the thunder that shakes the house and you're like, I think we're going to die. Does anybody get scared by that? Okay, there should be a lot more hands. Like, do you guys just sleep through, if you have your hand down, like, do you just sleep through that stuff? Like, I am a grown man. I le- at least I like to think of myself as a grown man. And that stuff still has me going like, I think we're going to die. I just, I thoroughly believe like every time it's like, I think we're going to die. This is it. Like this is finally the time that God is obviously going to sh- Like when I was a kid, I found myself during thunderstorms. I hope one happens tonight and seals this message uh, with a huge thunderstorm that booms our house. Okay. And, and you feel like you're going to die. I, I kind of want that. I kind of want that. Because I always found my, this is, ladies, I'm just having, we're having fun. God shook the house. I'm a mess. God would shake the house. And I'm not kidding with you. I genuinely believe what I'm about to say. I believe the Lord instilled in my life at an early age, the fear of the Lord, not only using thunder, but yes, using thunder. Like I would genuinely... I don't know how else to describe it, but like I knew I had like sin in me and I knew I was doing things wrong. And I kind of felt like I was getting away with something a lot as a kid and even as a, as a youth and whatever, whatever that means. Like I would just do these things. But like when it would thunder, I was so aware that there is a, like, I don't think God's up, like when obviously lightning first then thunder, I don't think God's like going, and like, like trying to make thunder or lightning happen. I think it's just like he just, Boom! You know, it's, there it is. And he's not like trying, like, and God, God's in control of these things. I was so aware that there is such a greater force that is shaking my house that it just instilled, like, obviously there's a being, a creator that makes this happen. And his power is as such that at any point he just shake my house. And like, that would trip me out. And I would seriously be repenting of my sins. I would be like, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm laughing now, but I was not laughing then. Okay. Cause I was like, I was in a lot of trouble. I, I was, yeah, it was bad. So I was doing a lot of stupid stuff, but like, even when I was at my worst state, like those things would happen. And I would like the Lord would remind me, I don't think this is how he wants to remind us, but it is his reality that like, yeah, there's a force that is so much greater than you at any point. Like, I can do something and shake your life. Do you know how many earthquakes there were this last week in the world? Guess. How many you think? I actually don't know the answer. (laughs) But I am positive it is in between 100 and 1,000 because I looked and I thought when I asked that question I would remember. But I know it's in the hundreds. Like, if you would have asked me that question, I'd have been like, I don't know, like, 10? Because cause isn't it that thing that's so far away that's, like, never the thing that's happening in Lamar, Missouri? Like, yeah, earthquakes. Like, and, and, and sometimes we think we sit in safe ground. Like, there's no fault line here. We're good, blah, blah, blah. And then God does something, and, and before you know it, like, you don't have a house. No one who's sitting, like, it prepares for earthquakes. It just happens, and, and the world shatters, and it trembles. And then you find yourself, what are we doing here? Like, I am asking the Lord, like, Lord, shake my life. Those moments in life that happen, that if it's a thunderbolt that, 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 sh- that shakes me, if it's, if it's a, a buddy, like, I don't even know the guy who died. Uh, he was 28 years old. 
Uh, my, the guy who sits next to me, the one who's selling weed, for his best friend died at 28 like that. I, I don't know that guy, but I, I literally stop and pray like, God, let that news do its work in my life. Like, let that shake me. Let it shake me. And I just want to be honest. I don't see that in the body of Christ a lot. Like we literally, I feel like we're only trying to protect ourselves and just say, well, it wasn't me. Like, what do you do with those, that news? Maybe your parents have been divorced. Maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe something terrible happened to you. Like, and your life was shook. And instead of engaging with that and learning from it and saying, God, what are you doing? Engage with that and ask the Lord. I'm always asking, like, this might be a crazy prayer, but I want the Lord to shake my life. I don't want to be comfortable in this world. I'm telling the Lord, God, if you're going to remove everything in the end, then just do it now. Don't let me be caught in a place where I'm going, God, I knew it. You said it. And now I don't want you to. I always, I mean, I don't know if there's a sermon I preach where I can't think of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. He says, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. Jesus gives him a huge shake reality. He tells him, do these things. You've already done all that. He says, all right, sell all your possessions to the poor. Follow me. For you, maybe some of you have been like, okay, fine. He found the one thing that shook him to his core. And he, the Bible says he turned away and he wept bitter tears. The one thing right now that is choking I mean absolutely choking the eternal is choking the eternal in your life because that's the only things that are everlasting. That's the only things that are going to remain is what is eternal. It's the temporary. It is so amazing how quickly the temporary can just grab hold of our lives. And, and yet we live like I... I Brothers, sisters, right here, you who are, don't have gray hair right now. <laughs> Look at me. Like, I feel for you like crazy because I'm going, listen, you have such a temptation. Do you realize at the, at the touch of a finger with your little phones, you can always ignore the eternal and turn to a temporary thing? Like, always. And we, don't we do it all the time? I'm telling you, I, I screw that up all the time. Like, this last month, God had to tell me, like, Logan, literally put your phone away. Because I just be like, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we're still horrible. But I'll, you know, just, but I'll keep looking. I'll keep going to it. Don't, don't lie to me, Grandma or, or, or Mom and Dad, that you're up on our Facebook all the time. My mom's on Facebook more than me, okay? Just on her iPad, you know, her ginormous iPad. <laughs> don't kid yourself that every single one of us are attached to the temporary in a way that is often straight up just unhealthy. And God is saying, I'm going to shake this thing. And the shaking is coming. And I'm telling you, just like a prophetic word, I believe. Like, I don't know what God, I really was like, God, are you going to cause an earthquake? Like, in my spirit, I'm going, what are you going to do? That's not up to me. Maybe there's a crazy thunderstorm. I don't know. I like to imagine big, crazy things it might be nothing. It doesn't matter. Like God is going to shake your life. He's going to remove everything. But the constant threat to the eternal is 
the temporary. Jesus said in Matthew uh, 27, he said this. I, I put this at the end. Yeah, there you go. I'll just read it from there. <laughs> at that moment, when Jesus died, he breathed his last breath. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And I'm preaching good up here. Because the earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs open. The bodies of godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Now, I didn't put the next one up there. Can we put up 53? If not, it's cool. I'll get back to my little Bible. Don't laugh at me in my little Bible. I'll get there with my... Ah! They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. Went... No, that's not right. Can you keep going? Next one. Oh, you, I know, you did not know who you were working with tonight, but you got your work cut out for you. Let's go one more. One more. Check this out. What happened? The earth did what? The earth shook. Do you realize this same Roman officer we're about to talk about just killed Jesus? He put, he helped, he watched, put uh, 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 thorns on his head, you know, nails in his hands and his feet. Didn't think anything of it. He just Maybe he was wondering. Maybe in his mind he was asking some questions. Maybe like before you came here tonight, you're wondering in your mind, what is God doing? What is this in my life? Like, why is this guy on the cross and he's, and he's, and he's forgiving people? Maybe he had questions in his mind. He had thoughts. He had wonders, just like we all do. But we never take them that seriously. But then the earth shook. Dead people start coming from the grave and all this stuff. And that was the moment. Then the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion, they were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the son of God. Sometimes for us to get a revelation of who the Lord is really in our life, he has got to do what is necessary and that is to shake your life in a way that you would know without a doubt that only the Lord could have done this. And I wonder how many times, because let me tell you, there were plenty of people, and it just really talks about this officer and maybe a few others, who had a revelation of who he was in that moment. Do you realize how often they, they, they were calling out for something temporary? If you're really the son of God, do something that we can think. Just do something temporary. Take yourself off of that cross. You know, just, just do something that would make me think that you're God. How many times are we asking God to do something temporary for our benefit? And if he doesn't, then he's not really God. When they are standing at the greatest eternal moment of all of human history, they are right next to it and they have no clue that all of eternity for them, for all of creation is about to change because he won't get off the cross and do something in that moment. And how many times are we asking, God, if you're really real, if you really love me, would you just do this, this, and this? And he doesn't meet our list, so we write him off, we harden our hearts against him, we are offended towards his leadership, and we ignore him, and we quit pursuing him. 
When he's the one that says, I am doing an eternal thing, whether you realize it or not, and I will shake your life because I love you and I want you to see me for who I am. And in the moment that I've disappointed you, I don't apologize, but I still love you nonetheless. And I am doing a work in all of creation. And I promise you, God's telling you, I vow to you that I make a vow to your very life. That I promise I will shake everything in your life. Not because I'm mad at you. Not that I'm ticked off. Not that you've done wrong. But because I love you. That the only thing I want between me and you is nothing. I want you to know my love for you. That I promise to shake everything from your life. I need to tell you tonight. Guys. It's only by prayer. I'm fasting. I'm just trying to get things out of me. Just like, I don't know. Like the temporary is, like when you get this revelation that I'm talking about, the temporary is so boring. I will legitimately get on my phone and like, like my go-to is just like football stuff. Dumb. I know if you're a woman, you're like, really? Like that's the thing? I, it's just me. Yours might be like Pinterest or uh, I don't know, something stupid. But like, that's my thing. <laughs> That's my stupid thing, okay? That's what I go to, to just zone out. You want to go watch Netflix? I don't know what you do. It doesn't matter. But the temporary is just choking. And God's saying, I want to remove that. What did Jesus say about, I spoke earlier about the seeds being planted. Jesus said that the one that gets planted in the thorny soil, it gets choked out in in the pursuit of riches, pleasures of life, the cares of life. Sometimes it's not even just that I just want to, you know, do drugs, have sex, and all this other crazy stuff. Sometimes it's that I care too much about this life. I'm trying to do right by every single person. I'm trying to do right by every single circumstance. I'm worried about what he's thinking, she's thinking, and I never even ask God, what are you thinking? And God goes, yeah, we're going to stop this. And he takes me out of ministry. I have no titles to my name. I just kind of feel like Forgive the language, but I feel like I just like I'm exposed. I'm like naked before the Lord. I'm like, God, what have you done to me? It's like I'm 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 making this thing work. I'm making me and you alone. I'm I'm bringing this back to what it was intended to be. And if you surrender, it'll happen. I just want to tell you tonight, if you'll surrender, it will happen in your life. Like quit letting the temporary choke the eternal word of God from you. The last thing he says is, is when I spoke to Moses and I gave an earthly, an earthly vessel, one from earth, Moses, this word, uh, the people, they could not escape that word. Like I gave them a command to follow me. But then he says, but you are a people. This is your word. It is Jesus. Like they feared God out of straight up fear. Listen to this. Me and you fear God. Like Hosea 3 says, that they will fear the Lord because of his goodness. You need to get that. Can I say that again? That you need to fear the Lord. That he says, in the end, the last days, they will fear the Lord because of his goodness. He said, he said in that verse we read, you are not a ones who met at a mountain that they were terrified that even Moses said, please stop talking. You're going to kill us, obviously. No, you're a one. You come to a different mountain. This is the mountain of heaven. This is the eternal mountain that you meet with the spirits of heaven. If your mind cannot understand that, then just tell your mind to be quiet for a second and let this sink into your spirit. He's saying to you right now, you are with spirits in heaven that are around a throne. You are with thousands of angels 
that you are with a God who is the judge of all things and you are right there next to him and that judge is your father and the blood of Jesus is crying out, have forgiveness, like this is too good to be true. And if you're wondering, saying, this can't be true, this is just too weird, what are you talking about? I'm in heaven right now? Didn't he say that you'd be seated in heavenly places? If your mind, just let your mind be a canvas instead of the paintbrush for a second and let it soak in and let the word of God come and penetrate your heart. If I could get a musician, just a guitar or a piano. Here's the last thing I wanna say is, when Jesus said, when I return to the earth, he said, he did not say, will there be righteous people? Will there be uh, goodness? He said, will there be faith in the land? Will there be faith? Jesus wondered, his question to humanity is, when I come back, will there be faith? When I read this, when I read this statement, do you have faith for it? You have come to a mountain, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of, of God's firstborn children whose names they're written in heaven. This is where you are. This is where you belong. This is your eternal state. You have to speak this. You have to pray this. You have to absorb it. Do you have faith to receive it? You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones who in heaven, uh, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and you and to the sprinkled blood of Christ which speaks forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance. Do we fear God? Do we thunder? Does something thunder inside of you? Or do you just hear that and go like, man, the Bible's weird. Or do you really look and go, like, this can't be true. Like, God, I don't take this mustard seed of faith that I have and I'm putting it into the soil and I'm planting it there and I'm saying, I'm gonna live for, for the treasure of heaven, not for this earth. If you go back, this is Hebrews 12. If you go to Hebrews 11, he, he mentions all the people of faith. And he said, if they wanted to go back to their country, they could have. But instead, they longed, the Bible says longed, they had a yearning desire for a heavenly country. And it said, but God says about these people, they wanted, they knew, they, were, they called themselves pilgrims in this world that they did not belong to this temporary place. And there was something so yearning inside of them for the eternal state that they belonged to. And it said, those are my people. Those are my people. And God is happy to claim those kids. I want to ask you tonight, is the eternal on your mind? He says, don't think about things on earth. Don't store things up on here on earth, but go store things up where dust and moth does not corrupt. He says, put your minds to heavenly things. I gotta ask you as a church, are we so, are our hearts and minds so focused on the temporary that we miss the eternal? The beginning of this whole passage says, don't be like Esau who went after the temporary, he sold his own birthright, he sold his inheritance for a pot of soup. Are you selling out your life, your calling, your, your desires, your yearning for the Lord, your passion for him, for a bowl of soup, so you can be popular at school, so you can make a lot of money, 
So you can do lots of things. Like what temporary thing is right now your idol, your God? And the Lord right now is here with you and he's saying, I just read to you your eternal state. That that is your inheritance in heaven right now. You are seated in heavenly places. Have we sold that out for a bowl of soup? I feel your pain. Like I can make a lot of money doing my job if I do it right. And I'm just finding like, God, I'm in this whirlwind of like, I want to be rich all of a sudden. I never wanted that. And God's testing me and he's shaking me. And it's just like, it's, but if you disengage from that shaking, you disengage with true life. You disengage with eternal life. He did not come so that you would have a, a, a cool, set up, comfortable life. He came that you would have a, a faith-filled life. One that is adventurous in faith. Maybe you think you're right now, you're wrestling with, with a person. Maybe you're like, I can't make that decision because this or that person. You wrestle not against flesh and blood. Maybe we wrestle with is the perspective we have about life and the kingdom of heaven and what that means for me and how I relate to God. What if faith is just a perspective that God is asking us to anchor ourselves to and hold to day in and day out? That in the midst of the temporary, we're just after the eternal. And that's your perspective. No matter if that person next to you or whatever believes that or not. Like to be a teenager and believe that in school, you're gonna be ridiculed. You're gonna be looked at and thought that's so stupid. You're living for eternity. Great. I'm gonna go have fun. You're like, what do I do with this, God? I was, I remember Friday nights and I was by myself because I chose to stood for the Lord. I remember that. Have you sold yourself out for the temporary? Sometimes we're like standing on a cliff and like we don't realize that God has something. He's just asking us to step out into faith and to trust him and knowing that on the other side of that, you don't know, you got wings, you're gonna soar. You're gonna soar. They will walk and they will not faint. They will run and not grow weary. They will mount up on wings like eagles and they're gonna soar. God has faith in you. He trusts you more than you trust yourself. You gotta respond to him tonight. So I want every single person to stand. Stand in this place. If you just kind of lift your hands to heaven. Listen, I'm not here to condemn you, brother, sister, friend. I'm not your pastor. I'm not anything. I'm just this this guy from, from Kansas City, Missouri, who just came, who just wants to love Jesus with you. And I'm in this thing for the, till the bitter end. And I'm glad to be pursuing him. This is good news. He came to set you free from the temporary. I just want to ask you, have you given yourself to the temporary? Are you aware of the eternal state that God wants to bring you into, that he wants to love you in? And I just believe that the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit is just here right now. And this is good. This is necessary. That he is shaking your life even now. Like nothing shakes you to the core. Nothing comes in like the word of God. And that's what's been spoken tonight is the word of God. Nothing shakes like Jesus' word to you. He says, my word is eternal. Grass may wither, the flowers fade, but my word will remain until the very end. Nothing is more eternal than the word that's been spoken tonight. Not me, not you, but this very word, it will remain forever. 
Are you clinging to that word? Do you want that word? If you know you want and you need this word, you need Jesus, you want the word of God made flesh, you want to come to him and just hold and cling to him, that that sprinkled blood, that you want to be near that again, maybe you feel far from it. I'm just asking in vulnerability, just come to this altar. This altar is no special.